You're listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a show by photographers for photographers, a show dedicated to photography and business. Today's show is made possible by Camera Canada. Shop online for your equipment at cameracanada.com. And here's Petro and Sophia. Welcome back. This is episode six of Double Exposure with myself, Petro, and Sophia. Uh, we're going to be addressing a couple of issues today, and uh, before we get to that, we actually have more reviews. All right. Yeah. Sophia, uh, can you read them for us? Sure. We have a review from Laura V, which says, great stuff. I really enjoy listening. Keep up the great work. Thanks, nice. Laura. We also Thanks, Laura. have a review from Stevie Cake, which is ah, a fantastic name, and it says, awesome. Very to the point. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> you, you you met Stevie Cake before. I did. Um, yeah, yeah. You remember he 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 did not believe you that your last name was Lemon. Yeah, that's pretty and, standard in my life. <laughs> yeah, well, you you had a you had a quite questionable choice of a vehicle before you. I did not. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, <laughs> We're not going to start another podcast on automotive choices here, but <laughs> we could. Um, Sophia was driving a Hyundai Accent. I'm going to get hate mail. <laughs> I have an accent. What's wrong with that? I drive a Hyundai. Anyways, and you're, you had a vanity plate that said Lemon. Yeah. And he's, he, he thought that you were making fun of your car, <laughs> which was very appropriate. <laughs> Which I'll tell you the truth, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be clear, you, I loved that car. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it when it's just, you know. Anyways, like <laughs> I said, completely different show. Um, but moving forward, you too could leave a review for us, uh, doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Make it five stars if you can, especially if you love us. Uh, if you feel that the content we're producing is uh, great, let us know. Yep. We will, too, share your review on the air. Absolutely. So yeah. So, yeah, Sophia, I was looking at, uh, looking at your room for the last six episodes that you record the uh, podcast. <laughs> I got to admit, you're a very tidy person, and I absolutely love, 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 love that you're, that you're able to stay uh, on top of things and you know if you saw my office it's just a it's just a table full of papers <laughs> and yep. uh, memory cards and um, I'm convinced that I just have a lot more stuff and <laughs> maybe <laughs> and it's it's so funny but uh, I, was, I was talking to you about aesthetics and how aesthetics play a, a big role in how we think how we feel and how we work really you know it, it it comes down to simple choices sometimes. And really the, the, the way we got on the topic of this is because we have matching microphones. I know. They're so cute. They are I so love cute. <laughs> I love them. If you're interested in what we use, we actually use the Shure MV5. They're little tiny snow globe type looking microphones. And they come in two different colors. There's a red and a silver one. And I opted to wait an extra day or two just so I can get the red one. Um, and I think that subconsciously plays a big role on our mood and how just, just basically the positive outlook, how we tackle everyday, everyday life and things like that. 
So sort of mind over matter kind of thing, but in a good way where sometimes your matter influences your mind. Yeah. So that's my, that's my, uh, uh, outlook on the day for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Good outlook. I think it's, um, it's pretty applicable to our last episode actually with Drew Dudley. Um, and he was talking about, you know, staying positive, working hard and making business happen. Um, and we did talk about, I know before we started this episode, you called me OCD. Um, and maybe that's from me constantly pestering you and, pelting you with text messages about, you know, did you edit the episode? Is it up? Um, can you send me this? Can you send me that? <laughs> but you'd have to agree. I have the best way of dealing with it. Yeah. Totally ignoring me. Yeah. It works <laughs> for both of us. Yeah, for sure. And I can, <laughs> you know, it's funny on the side note, but I think, um, I think that this has a lot to do with fear and, um, not necessarily that you have fear that I'm not doing things or things aren't getting done or that you need to know, but, fear and how we deal with everyday life. Um, I think it's fear that makes us choose Canon over Nikon or Nikon over Canon. For the, for the most part, it's not that you're afraid. It's that we pick things that are going to be comfortable. And it's d- decisions like that that allow us to basically decide what we're going to do in that day, you know, especially anything new, decide how we're going to tackle things, decide what, whether or not we're going to execute something. Um, and then, of course, necessity sometimes tr- trumps fear, and we have to do certain things because we just have to pay rent and uh, put food on the table, so to speak. But uh, it's an interesting topic because it sort of goes along with the question we received from one of our listeners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this is the topic for today. So I'm mm. just going to read the question. This one comes from Andrew, and he's a photography student right now. He says, mm. am I best suited as a portrait photographer, photojournalist, commercial or product photographer, lifestyle and wedding photographer, or am I a hobbyist? And how do I make that a part of my lifestyle and career? Well, that's a complicated question, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Well, at the end of the day, it's a decision. If if this is a decision um, that he wants us to make for him, we simply can't uh, because we can't tell you what to do. Uh, however, <laughs> that would be a really, really small episode for us. You know, make your <laughs> the own decision. End. And the you can end. find us at... No. <laughs> <laughs> Double exposure dot show. Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> what are you, what's your take on this? Well, I did send Andrew a quick message back saying that ultimately you have to decide what interests you best and you have to go after that because if you are doing a type of photography that you don't like doing, you're going to end up in a bit of a pickle because you're not going to be enjoying your work. And if you remember last week's episode, you need to be able to enjoy your work. Your work needs to take you to a different place. Um, so that, you know, you can really get through the tough parts in life. So you really need to pick something that inspires you. Um, and I remember one of the first questions that our teachers at Fanshawe always asked us was what type of photography do you want to do? Mm -hmm. And I remember most people at Fanshawe when I was there would say they want to get into fashion. And I don't think any of those people ended up getting into fashion And I don't really think many of them actually ended up in a career in photography. 
Sadly, you're, you're right. I, th- I think you're right. I, I think there's a, there's a good amount of people who do end up in the photography field. And unfortunately, sometimes not as photographers. And um, I think the, this is a greater issue. And um, Andrew went on to list uh, several types of photography, such as fashion, portrait, wedding, etc. And then he said, or freelance. Well, what, what I want to do is first, first things first, I want to separate, uh, or not freelance, but hobbyist, he said, right? Yeah. I want to separate uh, the two things. You're either a professional photographer or you're a hobbyist. A hobbyist is not a style or a type of photography. Hobbyist is how you approach this field. So what is a hobbyist? Well, to me, a hobbyist is anybody who owns the equipment and does it for fun. Yep. Um, who has no desire to make it uh, a stream of uh, cash flow. And that's not to say that as a hobbyist, you can't make money. But you're not relying on this as a career choice. So you're you're strictly doing it in order to fulfill uh, your life's desires. The other one is, as a working pro- uh, professional, is also divided into two categories. And before we continue <laughs> exploring other things, there's the, the literally there's two categories. You're either a freelance photographer or you're a commercial photographer. And... Even, even this is a little bit, uh, commercial photographer, in my opinion, is uh, could be any photographer. It could be a fashion photographer, a portrait photographer, a wedding photographer. It's a photographer who's established a business, who is uh, running a studio, who um, somebody, somebody like myself, for example, where uh, we have a physical uh, studio, brick and mortar kind of store where doing all kinds of photography and we call us our, we call ourselves commercial photographers a freelance photographer is somebody who uh, doesn't necessarily have hours takes jobs as they come um, is available for certain works and typically the freelance photographers are the ones who can kind of break down into a genre and uh, decide what they want to do and specifically focus on that, looking for jobs and bidding on jobs that only do that. Example being an editorial kind photographer, a photojournalist. You can photograph for many different publications, or you can also get hired by a publication. Although, you know, we're at the tail end of 2016, and let's face it, more photographers have been laid off from newspapers and magazines than, you know, ever before. And uh, it's, it's interesting when you meet somebody who says, yeah, I shoot for a paper or something. They're, they're sort of one of the rare few still that do it. So uh, going into that field may be a little bit dangerous. And I don't know too much about it. That's something that I would actually have to uh, ask one of my coworkers who is a photojournalist, who's actually co-teaches with me at the Lambton College. Now, the commercial field, that is such a broad field. And quite often when I'm addressing my students, I like to compare it to other careers. For example, if you were a plumber, what would you focus on? Would you only install toilets or fix leaky sinks? Or would you... Um, maybe only work on new homes and only on bathtubs, you know, and if anybody is listening out there who is a hobbyist photographer, but a full-time plumber, please don't crucify me for this. (laughs) (laughs) 
<clears throat> right? And this is what this is what my point is. You're not necessarily focusing on it as, well, I only like to do this, so I'm only going to do this. So unfortunately, a lot of times people don't understand this. If you want to make it as a successful commercial photographer, you have to kind of embrace that lifestyle, embrace that field and and say, I'm a, I'm a photographer. Now, the reality of it is, is that not everybody's great at shooting weddings or wants to shoot weddings. Not everybody's great at doing portraits and not everybody's great at photographing product. As a studio that offers all those services, I can tell you right now that if we had a client call us who wanted to do a maternity type photo shoot, there's a really good chance we'll be outsourcing it through our studio and have a third party photograph this client. So I'm segueing a lot. I'm kind of uh, going back and forth on, on a few things here, but you, you really have to kind of try a lot of these things before you even decide whether or not you want to do this as a career. Um, and I, I know a lot of people who only do one thing. And at one point, I only did one thing. There was, there was a really, you know, you, you're saying not a lot of people make it as fashion photographers. And there was a brief period of time where all I did was fashion photography. I was working with a couple of modeling agencies, a couple of talent uh, scouts, etc. And we did a lot of portfolio development, uh, some go-sees. And at the end of the day... I chose not to uh, stay in this field personally because I didn't like it. I actually enjoyed doing other things a lot more. And today, if anybody actually comes to me and says, you know what, I, we, have a, we have a client, we, we're working with some models, we, it's, it's kind of a fashion type shoot, I will gladly take it on. But at the end of the day, it is a commercial photography project. We're working to sell a product. We're working to sell an idea. Um, and even though it is a creative photo shoot, nine times out of ten, I'm not the creative director. I'm sort of the trigger man. I'm sort of just setting up the lighting, um, you know, creating a theme, photographing it, editing it, and sending it out to the art director or whoever it might be handling these files. So without trying to lose, uh, lose the point of the topic here, um, we really have to address sort of what you want to happen uh, with you and, you know, photography in the next one, two, three, five years. Where, where do you see yourself, so to speak? It's that, you know, age old interview question. Where do you see yourself in five years, so to speak? Yeah. So, so there's some things that I've learned about myself over the years, and that is what I am and am not interested in photographing. So... I've just made a short list here of some of the things that one might consider I do as a wedding and portrait photographer. Mm -hmm. So here's a few things that I do do. And yes, I just said do do. <laughs> um, I do photograph weddings. I do photograph engagements as well as boudoir portraits, um, bridal portraits and trash the dress. Although neither Petro nor myself like calling it trash the dress. Mm -hmm. Um, I do studio portraits, studio nudes, family portraits, child portraits, teens and grads, maternity, um, professional headshots and beauty portraits. Now, what you will not hear is that I do newborn 
photography because um, I don't work very well with babies. <laughs> okay. I love babies, but I hate it when the parents are watching me mold them into this what looks like a very uncomfortable position. And we'll talk right. more about that in a future episode about, um, you know, chil- having children um, and working as a photographer. Mm-hmm. But... <clears throat> You know, newborn photography is just not something that I'm interested in doing. However, I do photograph um, babies and their parents as um, a, a part of a family a f- portrait yeah, session. A family unit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I have found that it's just not something that I'm interested in doing, so I don't. Right. <laughs> and and that's, that's absolutely okay. Yeah. I got a question for you on a personal okay. note. So you photographed a wedding for a client and you started with photographing their engagement and uh, then you photographed their wedding, then you photographed their maternity photos mm-hmm. and now they have a baby and they want you to photograph their baby. What do you say? Right. So if they really wanted a newborn session, then sure, I would find someone to come in and photograph the baby, but Usually what I do is say, it's not something that I do personally, but what I do photograph is babies with the parents as a family unit. And usually the parents get really excited about that. So that's, you know, usually an outdoor session. Um, You can still get the photos with the baby super tiny, um, but you also have a lot more options with timing for when you do those photos. And parents should be in those photos. (laughs) But you're also not sending the client away. I am not. Right. And that's, that's one of the most important things you have to consider is uh, if you kind of do the classification of, if you market yourself as, well, I'm a wedding photographer, there's a really good chance that the people aren't going to come to you for other things. Mm-hmm. So one of your wedding clients could actually have uh, an office full of executives, you know, 50 executives that need a headshot yeah. and they'll go to somebody else because you're just a wedding photographer. Now, if you don't want to photograph 50 executives in a office setting or in a studio, well, more power to you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like I said, I have a lot of colleagues, a lot of friends who focus specifically just on weddings. I have a colleague who focuses specifically just on newborns. And I'm talking about a couple of days to six weeks old. You know, she photographs these uh, newborns almost exclusively once in a blue moon she will do a wedding for a client um that she's photographed a newborn for you know sometimes parents decide parents decide to have kids first then get married you know taboo but it's done (laughs) (laughs) and really at the end of the day if here's where a lot of the times it will feel like your photography career is just a hobby you're really focusing on something specific. You're really chasing down that one tiny little niche of a market and you're not seeing everything else in front of you. Actually, it's it's interesting that you say that because one of the fears that was posted on Facebook for mm-hmm. last week's episode um, was from Emily. And Emily said, I sometimes fear that I will fall into a niche that was intended to jumpstart my career, but it will pull me away from the photography I've always wanted to do. And I think if I, if I know Emily, she thinks that she's going to get stuck doing weddings for the rest of her life. And 
really she just wants to do creative things. Mm -hmm. And my advice to Emily is do those creative things every single day you can. The minute you get a chance to do it, let go of your fear and do it and show it and share it and sell it and do it again. Rinse and repeat. <laughs> but you need to do the weddings to pay for all of that. Then do the weddings. Yeah. And what I was what I was saying is um, I have the clients or rather I have the colleagues. I have the friends who are very specific in, in the field that they do. But that's because they can they they can do it they have now built a brand they have now they've now become the go-to you know uh, you don't go to starbucks to buy a loaf of bread okay they're in business to sell sell you coffee and it's not like one one day they decided you know what let's open a store and i guess we're gonna have to buy some beans and uh i guess we're gonna have to buy some equipment what we don't realize is a lot of these key brands start behind the scenes with years of research, development, testing, you know, sampling the market, seeing what works and seeing how to do it best. And that's why these companies succeed. So as a new photographer, as a student, you literally have to try everything. And I will be sort of very blunt. If you live in the small community that cannot handle a fashion photographer, don't do photography as a career. If you intend on staying there. That's my point. <laughs> I mean, you can move for sure, but this is the oh. whole point that we're that we're getting at, which is you need to pick what you want to do and then make that happen. And if you are committed to making that happen, then there might be some sacrifices that you have to make. Um, there might be some changes in your life that you have to make. Yeah. And so just going back to Emily's fear, um, based on your explanation, um, Petro, it sounds to mm -hmm. me like Emily sees herself more as an artist than as a professional photographer. And by professional photographer, I mean business owner. Um, mm -hmm. The way I look at it is the creative stuff. You know, you want to be selling canvases of your macro photos of your landscapes. Um, and that that's more of an artist to me than, than a business owner. That's more someone who takes photos, creates awesome canvases, shows them in a gallery and hopefully sells them that way. So you might be looking more at starting an Etsy shop for that mm -hmm. um, or going into local galleries and getting um, wall time. Which I'll have you know, Emily does. I, that's, I that's do really know awesome. Emily on a personal level. Yeah. So she's, so I, th I think she wants to do photography as a career. Um, she I think she wants to see it as a full-time thing for her. As an but artist she, or as a business owner? Well, I think both. Uh, I know she has a partner. Actually, uh, Alexa, the, the, the person who left us our very first review, uh, mm -hmm. they're, they're business partners together. So they're, That's awesome. So in, in this case, this unique case, I think for them, they have to figure out uh, who's going to do what and the roles yeah. in their business. So you can... You can do both for sure. It's just you you need to look at what's making you money versus what's not. So if you're afraid of falling into a niche to jumpstart your career, I would suggest that 
perhaps the artistic part of it is more of a hobby and the business part of it is more of the career. And perhaps you have to separate those two and focus on Mm -hmm. them individually rather than looking at, you know, photographing weddings as an unfortunate thing that you have to do to make money. That's exactly it. If you, if you have that mindset, and this goes back to my uh, first point about, you know, aesthetics and doing things and fear, if you, if you view this as a negative thing, if you view as photographing weddings as a negative thing, if you view as photographing babies as a negative thing, you're quickly going to hate your profession. You're quickly going to dislike what you're doing. Based on what I was trying to say earlier is that, um, you know, if you want to stay in a small town and you want to be a, a professional fashion photographer, you're, you're not going to make it if you refuse to leave your town. Now, if you want to drive to Toronto every other day or whenever you have work, that's, that's completely fine. But you have to sort of face your fear head on and say, you know what, I think I need to move. If I'm going to do this for a living, I need to move. Because unfortunately, Photography is not a product that we could just outsource and deliver, you know, (laughs) using loaves of bread as an example. You can't just be a bakery in the middle of nowhere and then have hundreds of trucks delivering your product where where it needs to go the next, you know, that, that morning, so to speak. You are the talent. You are the artist. You need to go out there and do it. And um, speaking of artists and printing canvases and selling it like that, I do have a counterpoint on that, Sophia, and that's uh, I have actually several clients who are artists who are in in business for themselves as artists. They're selling these canvases online, um, most mostly through their website or you know a third party agency, and they're doing great work. But I do have to say that. A lot of these people have 20 years of photography, actual photography experience <laughs> under you, their belt. You mean shooting portraits and stuff like that? Portraits, sports, yeah. uh, weddings. Oh, interesting. Yes, I, a true story. And, you know, you you have to really consider that unless you kind of get really lucky and, you know, one of your first years as a photographer, you just create these stunning art pieces that people want to perpetually buy you're you're you have a very long road ahead of you so yeah for sure not to leave andrew behind you really have to consider whether or not you can handle being a professional photographer because two things are going to happen you're not going to have a steady paycheck and you're going to work twice as hard and twice as long <laughs> um and that dedication is really what's going to pay off. Um, yeah. But uh, really, at the end of the day, it comes down to, are you comfortable doing things as a photographer? Are you comfortable shooting portraits? Are you comf- comfortable shooting weddings? And, you know, I, I say it, but I will contradict myself because I know people who have started out in this field who have absolutely no desire to shoot anything but weddings. Yes, those people do exist. And they're doing really, really well, you know. And sometimes these people have very little formal training and perhaps a lot of formal training. And it comes down to the formal training itself to get the discipline. And that's why I encourage a lot of new photographers 
to enroll in classes. If you have the time and the, the funds to dedicate to a college program, Lambton College teaches an amazing program that is very diverse. It's taught by four professionals in who are working professionals in four different fields. Uh, we have a rock and roll photographer. We have a photojournalist. We have a photographer who does a lot of conflict uh, photography, who does a lot of wartime photography. And we have a commercial photographer who is myself. So it's a very diverse program and it's timed. You're going to have assignments given to you in a timely manner. You have to return them to, for, to submit them for um, grading. And that's something that you, helps you develop the discipline to be an artist, to be a business owner, and to succeed as a professional photographer. A lot of people always ask me, well, can't I learn on my own? And my answer is yes, you can. Everybody can. How long do you want to be learning for? If you're the kind of person, you know what I mean, Sophia? Like, if well, you're the I kind do. of, yeah. <laughs> if you're the kind of person that can watch YouTube eight hours a day and then go out and practice what you learned and have the ability to get up another professional's opinion and get critiqued, and you can do this in, you know, six months to a year and you, you're then going to need some kind of business courses, I think. Yeah. So quite often whenever, when people approach me and they say, you know what, I don't have the time for a college program. I just want to do this on my own. Uh, what kind of classes would you suggest? I suggest business classes. Mm -hmm. I suggest classes on how to run a business because as far as the photography field goes, if, you, if you're lucky enough to work with another professional or be able to learn on your own and get critiqued, get the, the motivation you need. At the end of the day, if you want to be a professional photographer, you're going to be, have to be good at business. Yeah. So yeah. when I went to school, if, if anyone asks me now, if I thought that going to Fanshawe was a necessary part of my being a professional photographer now, I would say yes, in some senses. Um, a lot of what you said is true. I did have the dedicated time to learn. So over the two years that I was at Fanshawe, I had access to the studios. I had access to the equipment that I couldn't afford to pay for on my own. And I had four semesters of time dedicated to learning about photography. So that doesn't mean that Everything I learned and use now, I learned in class. It means that mm -hmm. I had four semesters of experimentation time. Yeah. So a lot of the stuff that I do for wedding photos um, that I learned in college is pretty basic, like making sure that there's shade or overcast or that the light is diffused when I'm photographing my subjects. But a lot of the stuff that I do with lighting, like with sun flares and stuff like that, I learned on my own. <laughs> and that was from just looking at a ton of photos and trying to replicate it with sure. the equipment that I had yeah. access to. You're going to get there by experimenting, no doubt. Yeah. But what, what, you, what you got at the end of the, the program is something I like to call confidence. <laughs> and that is, what, that is a big deal. Being able to uh, go out, you know, wake up in the morning and no, I have a, I have an eight or 10 hour wedding to photograph today and then not throw up because <laughs> it's, right? Um, I have literally not thrown up a single time I've gone to photograph a wedding. 
that's that's fantastic i know <laughs> i'm sure I, i'm sure there's people out there who do yeah and uh um it all comes down to fear right just being afraid but but you can you can do that with confidence and uh this is this is my little bit of, of uh, motivation for everybody if you are confident as a photographer you don't have to be stressed out at a wedding simple reason is having photographed a lot of fashion uh clients having photographed a lot of uh clients for uh, news publications in the past uh you know when i graduated from the college my very first gig as a photographer was actually for a business publication and uh, i had weekly assignments where i traveled in southwestern ontario photographing people who have never been in front of a camera who were professionals that you know like a construction foreman or uh, the owner of a car dealership it was it was a business publication so it focused on business and these people had no clue how to be ready for a photo shoot they they were <laughs> not dressed for it that was challenging that was stressful because you had a deadline you had a publication after having shot some fashion um, I realized how much I actually love weddings for the simple fact that it's already planned and it's there's a schedule and all you're doing is showing up and executing the the job that you're being hired to do all you're doing is pulling the trigger now yes there's a lot of technical aspect to it but where you can throw out the fear and the pressure and the stress is that if you're confident that you're a good photographer if you are a good photographer who can expose well pose well um frame your subjects, you know, read the light. You, your job is so easy because people are all dressed up. They look very nice. They've hired professional makeup artists, professional hair stylists to make themselves look best possible. You have all, all of it done. It's, it's exactly like a fashion shoot. All you have to do is just pull the trigger. And, you know, this is where your creativity comes in. But having that confidence is going to go a very long way by allowing you to create what you're there for, right? Which is just stunning images. I think it's interesting that we're talking about this. I want to switch gears a little bit and look at the difference between a hobbyist and a business owner. So Mm -hmm. I'm a business owner and professional photographer. And I know a lot of photographers who are hobby photographers. And the one thing I've noticed between the difference between us is, um, (laughs) I don't take my camera absolutely everywhere with me. I don't like (laughs) photographing family events. If I really dislike it when I am at a family barbecue and my family asks me, well, where's your camera? Well, I'm not working right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't hop out of the car to take a photo of a landscape because, as we know, I'm not very good at photographing landscapes. (laughs) But also, I just hate carrying all of my equipment with me. But I know photographers who do it as a hobby, and they take amazing photos. Agreed. Um, It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they're any less talented. They just have another job that they would rather be doing, possibly for the security um, or possibly because they actually genuinely love doing that job. And they still take awesome photos. Yeah. 
I will admit I am a hobbyist woodworker. <laughs> Yet I've made an acoustic guitar from scratch. I've made a table. I've made many a cutting boards for family members as gifts. Um, I would like a cutting board. <laughs> and that's why I don't tell people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I know a lot of my work is sellable and I can actually make a living at it. But I think I love it so much that I would hate for it to become a job. And that has a lot to do with what you just said. Yeah. I think photography for me has become such a job that, well, and it is a fact, it has. I do, my DSLR does not leave the studio or the house unless I'm working. Yep. I regret a little bit of it because I used to go out and shoot for fun. Um, I don't go out and shoot for fun. Now, please don't mistake that as me saying I don't have fun shooting because <laughs> I actually have a lot of fun photographing yeah, me people too. and things. I really enjoy what I do. I really love my profession. And as a business owner in photography, I love a lot of things that go along with it. My favorite thing to do in the darkroom was to print images. I actually enjoy that almost more than photographing them because... When I started out, we started with film. Digital was just, you know, uh, in, in its inception process, so to speak. And we would go out, expose the film, get back to the lab, process, you know, the black and white film and print it. And really what I enjoyed the most was the printing process of it. Mm -hmm. So today is the reason why I print all my photos still. Now, we're printing them on a digital printer and... I think we're quite good at it. That's why we do it for other photographers. You are a client of our studio as a, as a printing client. And probably, you know, 80% of our listeners that I know of are our clients that, you know, that's how they are listening to us. I uh, said, Hey, by the way, we're doing a podcast. Okay. You know, uh, here's your canvas. <laughs> and good marketing, Petro, good marketing. <laughs> well, Hey, someone's going to do it. Um, <laughs> And at the end of the day, it comes down to the fact that I love what I'm doing. I, I, I really like it. I like waking up and going to work, so to speak. But I don't just do it just because, just for fun. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I enjoy my free time in having some time for my hobby as a woodworker, for example. And you really have to consider that if there's a day job out there, you know, if you went to school for it to, to be in the medical uh, career and you're good at it and you enjoy it and there is security and you're working as a nurse or a doctor, but you really enjoy photographing the odd wedding or just taking pictures of kids or even just photographing dogs, there's nothing that says you can't. And there's nothing that says you can't do it for money. You can still charge money as a hobbyist. You just, you just shouldn't market yourself as a professional photographer if yeah. you are just a hobbyist. Yeah. And, and really, arriving at this will take some, will take some testing. will take some um, you know, feedback from other working photographers, other um, hobbyists and that's why it's important to join groups like our group and get feedback from people, get everybody's insight. 
you know, it's not meant to deter you. And uh, as I'm listening to a lot of things I'm saying, I'm hoping that Andrew doesn't go, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm done. Like this is scary. <laughs> no more photography ever. <laughs> no more photography for me. Uh, thanks, but no thanks. Um, because this is a very saturated field and it's only the strong survive, but you get what you put in. You, you know, going, I remember 10 years ago, um, I was at every single business, um, uh, what do they call those things? Uh, networking, business right. networking yep. meeting in London, every single one. There was probably three, four networking uh, events I would attend to every week with the exception of when there was holidays. And I met a lot of people. And it's funny, you don't think about it at the time because you're always looking for instant gratification. But I'd say three quarters of my work is from the networking that I did as a business person. Going to these networking events, talking to other business owners, other creatives even, and selling them myself. You know, you, that's what you're doing. Selling myself as a person, as, a, as another business owner who happens to be a professional photographer. Meaning, next time you need my services, you're going to think back and think, I really liked meeting Petro. He, I really liked what he had to say. I'm going to give him a call. And a lot of times it would take six months to a year for me to hear from them. And, but still I did, you know, and, and that's where you kind of have to assume the role of a business owner. So yeah, for sure. I so think, much to cover. I know. I think one of the important things that you need to look at if you're debating between doing this as a hobby or doing it as a profession, you need to know whether you're prepared to be in business. So like Petro said, take a business course. They're going to teach you about writing a business plan. Um, you're going to need to know about invoicing, um, accounting. You're going to need to know about marketing. And that's all different kinds of marketing. That's not just starting a Facebook page. We will get to a whole bunch of marketing <laughs> stuff in later episodes. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is going to be, like Petro said, business networking, um, going out and meeting people, learning how to do the money part of it. And mm -hmm. you're going to be doing this like 70 billion hours a week, basically. <laughs> so while I am not taking photos constantly, um, I am thinking about taking photos. I'm thinking about my website. I'm thinking about the next marketing program I'm going to do. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's a 24 seven kind of thing. I think I dream about it. sometimes yeah. I am always having nightmares that I've missed a wedding. It's awful. <laughs> oh, geez. I know. Uh, <laughs> some advice I can give people about, uh, you know, these things is, uh, you know, learn from, learn from our mistakes. I'll tell you right now that less is more. So don't look for a quick way out. You're never really done. You're always marketing. You're always learning new things. You're always building your business. Start small baby steps. And whenever you do something, do it really well. That is the best advice I can give. Yeah, for sure. Because if you don't, if you take on too much, you're, you're going to leave some things behind and you're going to get overwhelmed. And that is probably the worst thing that can happen is because that's when you start hating what you do. <laughs> There's many of us out there who have had jobs we hated and like I said before, just because I don't bring my camera to a family event doesn't mean that I don't enjoy what I do. So 
you said you hated when people ask you, uh, where's your camera? We you know where, where, why aren't you taking pictures? Yeah. And I used to get really offended by that. I used to say, you're assuming that just because I'm a photographer, I have to do this. And then I kind of said, okay, relax, hang back. <laughs> They're ignorant. They don't know any better. Right. So, um, I had a car mechanic ask me one day, where's your camera? <laughs> uh, we were at a wedding, uh, and I, and he's, he's a friend of mine who happens to work at a car dealership as a mechanic. And I asked him, did you bring your toolbox? And he's like, well, yeah, but this is a wedding. You could take pictures here. I'm not going to fix cars. I said, au contraire. A couple of months ago, a limousine broke down and we had to boost it with my car. <laughs> Had you had your toolbox, you could have fixed it for him right away. We laughed about it and everything. And he goes, no, good point. Good point. I get it. I get it. You weren't hired to do this. I said, exactly. You know, why would I bring a camera to a wedding? What am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with these images? Oh, I bought you um, a gift, but here's photos as well. They're probably better than the photographer you hired. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, or, <laughs> Like, wouldn't you feel like such a pretentious prick giving photos to a person where you were a guest yeah. and they hired a professional photographer? Well, you know what? We've talked about this. I don't really like seeing other people at weddings I'm photographing with their fancy cameras rushing around trying to get photos of everything. So, no, I mm -hmm. don't take my cameras to weddings. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, obviously, uh, other than the weddings that I'm photographing because I'm being paid for them. <laughs> have you ever not taken a camera to that wedding? I have never had that problem. Oh, what, about, <laughs> what about memory cards? Memory cards I've been good to. Yeah? Yeah. Have you forgotten memory cards? <laughs> Once. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this will happen. Um, yeah. This will happen. This is why I honestly uh, choose the camera that I choose because... It allows me to shoot on a compact flash and an SD card. Mm -hmm. And I never take the compact flash cards out. Never. Smart. Yeah. Well, come on. It, it, was, a, it was quick problem solving for me. The golf course we were photographing at is like five minutes away from Staples. And of course, it's just, you know, part of life. I had to buy two memory cards just because it, the staples was closer than uh than my than the studio yeah. than the house and you know i just thought okay gonna bite the bullet have backups you know so i'll be the first one to admit it but i still showed up to the wedding on time Good. ready to shoot and everything <laughs> so it was it's not like i let my client down but yeah. you know um so we started doing kind of a checklist and uh we we had a physical checklist. We don't do it anymore because I think it's become such a routine that, you know, the checklist isn't even part of it. But yeah. we created a checklist. So here's here's a little bit of advice. Create a checklist of everything you need to bring to a photo shoot and literally go through it the night before. The reason I say the night before is because if you do need to purchase a memory card because you either misplaced them or lost them, you can possibly hopefully go out the morning of before your, before your wedding. Now, uh, my sister... I shared a cool video on my timeline. Uh, this video actually had 2 million views already, so uh, kudos to the people who photographed it. Uh, it's, it's by SLF Weddings, and it is uh, kind of a, done in a mockumentary style, six and a half minute video. 
but it's about a wedding photographer at a wedding and uh, specifically during a ceremony how people get in the way and the, offici- <laughs> the officiant actually is the one who kind of freezes the wedding goes and talks to the other guests uh, about taking photos and kind of shames them a little bit and it's i think it's called unplugged uh i'll share that in our facebook group for everybody to see so that uh y- you know we you all can see it and it's pretty <laughs> funny it, yeah that's awesome um yeah so anything else you want to add no i think we've pretty much t- talked about everything that we can today <laughs> but i yeah. would really love to hear from the other professional photographers out there um how they decided that they wanted to be a professional photographer a business owner rather than a hobbyist and i would like to hear from the hobbyists about what makes them want to be a hobbyist and petro and i are going to do something fun now if you pop your headphones in on your phone and you record yourself telling us what you think about this episode and then email it to us at doubleexposureshow at gmail.com, we might put it in the next episode. We will put it in the next episode. Or well, one unless of we have like a hundred of them, then, then we're going to have be to be a, selective. <laughs> that would be a good problem to have. Honestly. It's true. So we would like a hundred... Um, recordings of your beautiful voices telling us what you thought about this episode and your thoughts on the subject. So what kind of photographer are you? Um, And how did you end up getting into it? And what made you decide to be a professional or a hobbyist or a freelancer or whatever? And and we'll put it in the next episode. That'd be fantastic. Additionally, if you just want to stroke our egos a little bit and tell us how good we're doing, how well we've been uh, doing, you can also record and send that and we'll play that. Yeah, for sure. It might be a little <laughs> bit more effective, though, if you leave us a review on iTunes. That will really help us out yeah. in reaching new listeners. So Absolutely. you can do that at doubleexposure.show slash iTunes. Yes. Yes. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> And you should also join our Facebook group if you have anything to say ever. If you aren't already in it, you can find our Facebook group at doubleexposure.show slash Facebook. You can also find Petro and myself there. I know that some of our members have already added me to Facebook. I don't know about Petro, but I am clearly more approachable. I think I'm already friends with all of them. Oh, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys can all add me too. I'm a nice person. Yeah. Everybody adds if he has a yeah. friend. <laughs> so, uh, on that note, please subscribe to our uh, podcast to get new episodes uh, in your uh, podcast uh, streaming service. Uh, I'm all technical today. Yeah. Uh, whether you listen through iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, we are here and uh, new episodes come out every Wednesday, uh, unless we tell you otherwise. <laughs> And uh, we look forward to hearing from all of you. Until next time. Bye.